This is the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show, where we're always learning how to make way more money and pay way less taxes. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of WealthAbility. Right off the bat, I want to warn everyone, this show is not for everyone. This is only for people who want to be elite investors, who want to do what the rich do on a regular basis. This is not for those, let me put it this way, it's not for those who want to sit and coach and are content to do so. This is for those who want to uh, live life in first class and want their, their children and their family to live life in first class. Now, everyone can do this. The reality is most people will not do this. So today I've got a very special guest who can explain what we're talking about better than anybody I've ever worked with on explanation. And um, Patrick Donahoe, who is the, the, the founder, president of Paradigm Life, I'm going to let Patrick uh, introduce himself in a second, but I, I just want to give a little bit of background. Patrick's, uh, in, in full disclosure, Patrick's one of my, my very best friends. We do things together, our, our, we, we do things together as couples, and, and Patrick just has a knack for explaining how to use life insurance, of all things, life insurance to, you know, to, to really create a legacy and allow you to really spend your life in first class. And then, and then we'll also talk a little bit about, all right, what, what do you do to protect your business from unwanted partners? So, Patrick, uh, welcome to the show, and thanks for being here. Tom, it's, uh, you know, it's an honor, honor to be here, and I'm so excited for your, your podcast I mean, I would, I would echo everything back to you. I mean, you, you have taught me more about uh, wealth building and about financial philosophy than, uh, than anyone. And, you know, I, I, love our, I love our conversations. And, you know, it's one of those things whenever I get to see you, it's, uh, it's just, I'm just itching, itching to kind of dive right into the deep end. <laughs> well, well, we do dive into the deep end. We're going to dive into the deep end a little bit today. So that's oh, yeah. kind of fun. You know, I, don't, I, 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 I try to keep, I, you know, I want this show very accessible to everyone Ooh. and, and, and that's why I want you to explain this stuff because you make it accessible. At the same time, this is stuff that that really not everybody does, and it's not like mainstream stuff. So I really want to talk about that. But and and we talked about some of the basics of life insurance with Kim Butler, and I know she's your mentor, mm-hmm. and she did a terrific job on our podcast uh, a few months ago talking about the basics of life insurance. I don't want to talk about the basics today, except for one thing. The one thing that you taught me, Patrick, and that's the 97% 1% rule. So just remind everybody what that is. Well, I would say, I would say first, it, it, 99 and 1% is, you know, has to do with the type of insurance that's out there. And you know, the, one, the 1% statistic has to do with the insurance that most people purchase, which is uh, term insurance. And typically, you know, when somebody is purchasing insurance, they want the most amount of coverage for the least amount of, of price. Uh, and that's why term insurance is, is so uh, attractive. Uh, but yet none of it ever pays out. And that's why it's so low in, uh, in price. Uh, but yet if you look at uh, permanent insurance, which is what uh, most wealthy dynasty families purchase, big business owners purchase, uh, that, that, always, uh, that always pays out. And so I know that that was, you know, one of those initial conversations that we had when a light bulb went off. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, I mean, you know, when you start saying, well, here's, here's what you're talking about. You're talking about the difference between an expense and an asset. Exactly. Because if you're looking at term insurance, this is an expense. So you want to keep the cost down as much as possible because you're never going to collect on that. Less than 1%. I mean, when you told me less than 1% of term insurance collect, I'm going, wow. Okay. And then when you told me that more than 97% of of whole life insurance is collected, I'm going, okay, well, that's just expense versus asset. So the question is, you know, what do you have? Do you have an an expense or an asset. Now I'm at that age. Now you're a lot younger than me. And, and so you're not thinking about this yet, but I'm at that age where it starts getting a little tougher to get life insurance in the first place. And so this whole idea of permanent life insurance is it, it actually becomes, it, it's not as attractive when you're young, but young's when you have to do it because when you get older, it gets pretty, ex, it, it gets a lot more expensive. Yeah. You're, and, and that is, you know, it's a, it's a common perception, you know, and, uh, and I look at, you know, insurance companies and they, 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 have, they have it together. They have equations, they have knowledge about a person's medical situation, height and weight and other, other statistics that, you know, it, it does. It's when you get older, you're closer, you're closer to, uh, to passing away and, uh, and they understand the different parameters there. And so they're very very protective of who they uh, approve and who they don't just for that very, very reason. Right. And it's a time value of money. I mean, let's face it. I'm a lot closer to payout than you are. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so let's talk about just conceptually about not the basics of life insurance, not just having some money set aside, et cetera, but we use life insurance a lot when we're doing this estate planning. And, and what I love is, is the idea that if I have life insurance, maybe I can leave a legacy and still spend all my money. And, and you and I have talked about that. Can you, can you just go into that a little bit? Sure. We, I mean, we, we break down the different stages of when life insurance is purchased uh, by, by three, you know, three main stages. The first is the growth stage. Second is the income stage. And then the legacy stage. And growth stage, that's where, you know, when you do start it younger, there's ways in which you can set it up so that you have really high amounts of available cash, liquid money to be able to use for various purposes. Uh, and then you get into the income stage is where this is a, it's, it's an asset that's used a little bit differently. First off, you can take uh, withdrawals uh, tax, tax-free. Uh, and you can also use that as kind of like a, a balance between the other assets that you have. So if you have some taxable assets, some tax-deferred assets, and then now you have tax-free assets, it really helps you to navigate you know, the, the uh, tax efficiency that will exist when you are you know, using that money to live off of, when you're actually you know, uh, financially free and you're taking some of the assets and cash flow that you've established during the growth phase. And then the legacy phase, you know, I, I look at legacy as, it's it's both when you're young and when you're older because I've you know it doesn't happen that often but I've seen you know young families lose the breadwinner or lose uh, the the stay-at-home parent and you know I, I get to see that and even though there is a very low probability of that happening establishing something right out of the gate where you have a permanent asset that will transfer to someone it helps alleviate anxiety and alleviate some emotions that are uh, you know, th- th- they exist when you do investment, when you take on debt, when you take on business partners, when you take on liabilities. The debt is there, 
And really, if something were to happen prematurely, knowing that something is going to pay out helps alleviate that anxiety and makes you a better producer no, as, a, that, as a result. That's exactly right. And then when you get to, to my age and you're going, okay, so now you're looking at spending all the, you, you know, what you've accumulated. And I'm going, okay, now if I, you know, I want to take care of my kids. I want to make sure that if something happens, I take care of, uh, of, of, of my wife. I want to do that. I'm, I'm really thinking about, okay, from a legacy standpoint, I want to make sure that the, you know, my kids, cause I have one, one child with some special needs and I want to make sure, and you never know when somebody's going to have special needs, right? You never know when somebody gets in an accident or have has health issues, but I'm going, I want to make sure that they're taken care of, but at the same time, I want to spend my assets, right? I mean, I want to, I want to enjoy life. My mother, um, she had a plan. Her goal in life was to break even. So she didn't want to leave us with any debt, but she really didn't want to leave us with any assets because she wanted to spend the money. She goes, I taught you guys well. I I got you established on your own. Now that's up to you. I'm going to spend what your father and I have have built together. We're going to spend it together and we're going to enjoy life in our, in our later years here. And that's, and they came actually pretty close to a break even. Other people want to leave a legacy, but you can leave a legacy and still spend it. And that's that's one thing that I think the wealthy really understand that you know the average person doesn't is that having a policy that's actually substantial. A first of all, life insurance proceeds are not taxable. Okay, they're not subject to income tax. So that's the first thing. But second of all, it's not that hard to set it up so they're not even subject to a state tax. All right, we have what we call, um, Patrick, you do it, use it all the time, is an irrevocable life insurance trust, what we call an islet. And basically, the kids own the life insurance, right? You fund it, the kids own it, and it's, it, it's out of your estate. So it's not subject to income tax or estate tax. And, and really, there's not a lot that you can... Say that that you can say that about. I mean, life insurance is one of those odd animals where you you get estate tax and income tax, and fairly easily. Yeah, it, we we look at it as that's like the it's it's your legacy asset once it's once it's set up. And you hit on some amazing points, Tom, which is you know people accumulate wealth, they accumulate their assets over the course of time uh, to to live off of those at some point in the future. But yet. It's interesting just to see the, the psychology where they've accumulated for so long, it's become like a habit, and then at the end, it's very difficult for them to take distributions from it. But what the insurance does is it acting as a legacy asset now opens up so many possibilities with you know, spending down assets, using a reverse mortgage on a primary residence, uh, selling business interests, selling real estate interests, right? Because you've delegated you know, this insurance policy as the, uh, as the, the transfer asset, the asset's going to pass on. Uh, but it also could be the asset that's used last if you, you know, if you spend down and, and, you know, extinguish all the rest of your assets. This is the last asset that you can use there. Well, that's the, that's the other nice thing. So uh, as opposed to like a qualified plan, like an IRA or 401k, which everybody knows how I feel about those generally, um, as opposed to that, which you have to take down and you have to pay tax on when you get older, you turn 70 and a half, you have to be taking that money out. With life insurance, you don't. Okay, but if you want to, you can, and when you do take it out, it's tax-free. So this is like, to me, it's a bit of nirvana from a tax standpoint, um, because you have it, you can have it be the legacy, but if you choose, you can actually use it up tax-free before you die, right? Yep, absolutely. And then, you know, we, we haven't even discussed the loan provision side of it, which 
you know, was instrumental during that, uh, that growth, growth period of time. But that's the benefit of this, you know, very versatile type of asset where it has mul- multiple uses depending on the, the stage of life that you're in. It does. So let's talk about a use that very few people ever talk about, and that is the, the use of life insurance to protect yourself from unwanted partners. Now, I've, I've had a lot of partners over my career, and I've had some really good ones, and I've had some really bad ones. But at, at least I chose my partners. I can't think of anything worse than having a partner thrust upon you. Okay, and so I, I want everybody to picture this in your mind. All our listeners, picture this. You have this business, and this is your baby. I mean, I know. I mean, I, I, I sold a business uh, a year, uh, just a year ago or so, and it was hard. It was hard because that was my baby. I mean, I had I had worked at that. I devoted you know so many hours to that, and even though I sold it and I did so voluntarily, it's still my baby. Can you imagine? You've got a you, you've you've got this uh, business that you've built up. You put your heart and soul into it. Okay, I mean sometimes eighty hours a week, heart and soul into it, not taking distributions for months, and then your partner, who is a terrific partner has an accident, has cancer, or just dies. And then all of a sudden, your partner's spouse or ex-spouse or children become your partner because guess what? You have no provision to buy them out. And in fact, there may even be a buyout provision, but you have no way to execute that buyout provision. And Patrick, I think that's where you come in, right? Yeah, You've probably seen way more nightmare stories than I have, right? But this this essential every every business starts out right with the the best picture of the future. Things are going to go great. We're going to make a ton of money. We're going to live forever. But rarely does that ever ever work out. And obviously, with somebody passing away, that's one thing. But you know, even I heard one of this guy going uh, really delusional and gave the interest of uh, the business to uh, to his religious leader, and the religious leader became the partner. <laughs> Oh my god! I totally took the business out. So it's one of those things where it's an instrumental document, and you know the the most uh, the most popular way, and I would say the most lucrative way to fund it is uh, is through insurance, right? Where you have the insurance essentially uh, funding whatever the uh, buyout clause is. Right. So so let's walk people through this because I always want to make sure that people have something tangible to take away when they're when they're listening to the Wealthability Show. So let's say that um, you've got a partner and, and, and you've got a limited liability company, so you're going to have an operating agreement. And that operating agreement is going to say in the operating agreement what happens when somebody retires or dies or goes bankrupt. Okay, those are the three big ones, right? There's also, a, you, know, you know, what happens if you, you know, have a dispute, Right. But let's talk about the what if they die, okay? Because if they retire, you're going to pay them out over some period of time, and you're going to, you know, that's what you're going to do. If they, if you have a dispute, you're going to do the same thing. If if they if they go bankrupt, hopefully that just means you're going to take it over. But let's say that they die. Now, what are you going to do, right? Now, you could put in there a similar provision like the retirement. Now, the the goal of an operating agreement is twofold. One is it tells you how you're going to operate. But the other is, is it's really the goal of an operating agreement should be to protect the business. Okay, it's not to protect 
the members or the owners. It is to protect the business. And I, I, I hope everybody will write this down. The goal of an operating agreement is to protect the business. So what we want to do in that buy-sell agreement when we have a death potential is, first of all, we need to come up with what's the value going to be. And then how are we going to fund that? Now, the reality is, is that when you have a death, you actually have two issues going on. All right. The first is you have a you have an estate, right? So whoever the the um, heirs are of that partner, they're they're now your partners. Okay. So you have to find a way to how are we going to buy them out. But there's something else that's happening too, and that is that you have a funding need because. Presumably, your partner wasn't just sitting around twiddling their thumbs. Presumably, they're actually working in the business. So, I, you know, I think about my, my partner, Anne, and she's brilliant, okay? I mean, she's, fortunately, she's young, she's healthy, et cetera. So uh, she's a lot more worried about me dying than I am about her dying. Um, but at the same time, let's say that, I mean, if she were to die, the business would be in a world of hurt. Let's face it, because we would have to replace her, and that is not an easy task. She is literally the smartest person I've ever met in my entire life. And to replace somebody like that who handles all the systems, all the back office stuff, is not an easy task. And it's going to take time, and it's going to take money. And where do you get the money to do that? So having that life insurance policy on – so we have life insurance policies on each other. And that, that life insurance policy, part of that money – Yes, part of that money is to go to to buy out her her heirs, right? Presumably her husband, but it's to buy out her heirs, buy that partnership interest. But the rest of it is actually to be used in the business to protect the business while while it keeps going. So, uh, Patrick, there's got to be even other. I mean, are are there even other time other uses that you can see for those those funds that are so yeah. important? No, absolutely. I mean, you you hit on you hit on the primary ones, and you know these are. These are fundamental business agreements that you know I would say are rare, are rarely set up, especially with smaller smaller businesses. Uh, but yeah, you're you're hitting on the, the 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 one that I see the most, which is you know a partner that is that, pa- that passes away or becomes disabled, or uh, you know their cognitive ability is no no longer there. And you know so insur- insurance can you know essentially buy buy that out, whether it's a disability policy or a, there's a different rider for insurances to to uh, to essentially fund disability. Uh, but then you uh, you know you also have uh, the cash cash side of things where uh, you can you know uh, fund these type of policies and build cash value, which can then be used for uh, for the business in, in a variety of capacities, typically through a, through a loan. Uh, you know, but also one thing that you, that you know, as far as Anne is concerned, or any primary key person in the business, is you have to replace them, and that might take hiring a headhunter. It might take you know, it might take months, it might take years. And so essentially the capital that comes from insurance will, you know, essentially bridge that, bridge that gap that, uh, that's, that's clearly going to result in a financial, financial loss. And that's why, you know, the insurance companies, that's why there are, you know, uh, provisions in the tax code that allow for a lot of tax benefits associated with this so that business, as you said, operating agreement protects the business so the business isn't disrupted. You know, or at least it mitigates the disruption. You make a really good point, Patrick, with the cash value of the life insurance, which I really hadn't, hadn't keyed on. Let's say that, that they are disabled, right? So they, they can't continue to operate. Now you have really two issues. One is you, you really need to get, their, get them 
and their their family some money so that they can pay for whatever their their care is but the other is is that you you need to be able to replace them etc even though you're not using the life insurance proceeds rather you're using the cash surrender value of the life insurance so this is a bit of a cash reserve um, really in your business and there actually was a, a nice court case I don't know if you saw this the other day Patrick but you can use if you use a split dollar and this is the type of thing that by the way the wealthy use all the time split dollar and you can talk to Patrick more about it offline but um, the, if you use split dollar you have the cash reserve in the company and uh, the the term part of it um, is actually considered a distribution it's not even considered income to the partner um, who's uh, who's uh, on that that policy? Who you know who might get some of the benefits of that policy? So yeah, well, the biggest the biggest case you know that's ever been done with using kind of split dollars is Jim Harbaugh. So it was you know who's coach of uh, uh, Michigan, highest paid coach in history, I think. Uh, but they a lot of his compensation came through insurance. You know, it it covers multiple things, right? So it's obviously to you know cover the replacement of him. Uh, but it's also to fund some retirement benefits for him. Uh, but the insur- the uh, the university keeps a lot of the the, uh, the ownership of the insurance up to a certain level, which ultimately helps to replace the money that they paid out to him as a coach. Oh, so it's one of those things where it covers multiple you know covers multiple uh, multiple aspects of the contract and uh, you know the financial commitments they made to him. Well, that, that's that's fascinating. So, um, I, I hope you you all have just gotten a little bit of a taste of, you know, we we think un- unfortunately we think about life insurance as. Uh, First of all, we typically think of it as an expense as opposed to think of it as an asset. And then we start thinking about it. Okay, we can use it. We can, you know, we can use it for investing and stuff like that. But we rarely think about it for things like how do we protect our business? How do we protect ourselves from unwanted partners? How do we protect ourselves even from a downturn in the economy so that we have, you know, that legacy stays in place and and we can spend all our assets. I mean, there's all these other uses of life insurance. So I love, uh, I love it as a really a t- hugely a tax-free, should be tax-free, a really a, a tax-free way to do um, a lot of things that you're going to want to do in your life. So Patrick, thank you for being on. Would you give everybody, how can people contact you? So probably through our website is the best way to, 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 learn, uh, to learn more. So it's paradigmlife.net. And then you know, you can, our phone number's there, our email addresses are there. But we also have you know, a lot of uh, video resources that explain a lot of what you guys have been, uh, been hearing today. Oh, awesome. I, this is something I know about Patrick, and I really encourage you to go to it's paradigmlife.net because Patrick does a lot of education of his clients, and, um, you know, that education is available. So, Patrick, I want to thank you uh, for all of the financial education that you provide um, to myself and to the rest of the world. Um, thank you uh, so much for being on the show. It's absolutely been great having you. It's been awesome, Tom. I've, I'd have a conversation with you every single day if I could. <laughs> uh, but, you know, honestly, talking about this, it's, you know, it's, it's the business that uh, has really uh, helped to bless the lives of my life because I see so many applications to it and I get to you know, create value in a number of capacities. And uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's a very misunderstood uh, asset. Uh, it's not even really looked at as an asset by most people, uh, right? But it really comes down to, you know, your and I's perspective of finance and wealth is that, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, not done the typical way if you want to be successful. Well, and that- uh, thinking outside the box is paramount. 
That's right. Thanks, Patrick. And and remember, this is the stuff that the wealthy use. I mean, the wealthy people always do this. I mean, this is not even a second thought. You know, my, you know, I work a lot personally with with pretty wealthy individuals, and they're always using life insurance in some capacity. Okay, so this is something. This is advanced. I get it. That you know what this is again. Not for those of you who want to sit and coach, but if you really want to live life in first class, if you want to live life you know, to the fullest and have the assets that, that you really want to be able to do what you want, not what you need, like financial planners would tell you, but what do you want? Then, you know, this is just one of those strategies. And when you do a strategy like this, you're always going to end up paying way less taxes and making way less money. That's way more money, way less taxes. See you next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. As an additional thank you, I want to give a special gift just to our podcast listeners to help you jumpstart your journey to building massive wealth tax-free. This is a group of not just one, but five of my top educational resources on this topic. There are several amazing, helpful PDF downloads and two training videos. These resources are not available and we don't give them away anywhere else. So get these bonuses now. All you have to do is go to wealthability.com slash gift. That's wealthability.com forward slash G-I-F-T and get these gifts to jumpstart your wealth now. You've been listening to The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.